When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Big Ten Previews and Projections Show. Luke Giardi here along with Anthony Brumer. We're taking a look at all 14 Big Ten teams individually. This is show number eight already. We've taken a look at a number of teams in the Big Ten. You can find those where you find all of our podcasts for Mason Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And we're ready to take a look at the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Let's row the boat, Anthony. Oh, gross. I hate that saying. Uh, he's a West glad it's not Kalamazoo anymore. We're Central Michigan guy. Yeah, I can get over it. I row the boat, skiuma, whatever, whatever his, his sayings are now. Um, Brief correction. This is show number seven in this series. Is it number seven? Oh, my bad. Show number okay. seven. It's, we'll be it's halfway just, done after this. It's for housekeeping purposes. That's all. I'm not here to correct or be a know-it-all because we know that's not the case. But, yeah, P.J. Fleck, this is a big year for for him. I know uh, I think year three was when it popped off for him at Minnesota. Um, year four didn't go so well. But, again, another one of those teams in the Big Ten where – big expectations after you know the 2019 season and you lose a lot a couple of things go wrong here and there and all of a sudden you're under 500 and you don't uh, have the season you wanted but no one had the season they wanted because covid was the thing so five and seven seven and six eleven and two three and four pj fleck is 26 and 19 at minnesota after going 30 and 22 at western michigan this is year five for him you're five yeah, already for Min- Minnesota's been Minnesota's been kind of sneaky good the last five years. Uh, four of those obviously with PJ Fleck being 26 and 19, but they're 31 and 21 in the last five years. And I I feel like Minnesota football's just kind of been an afterthought. Even the year that they went 11 and two, like everyone was shocked, right? You know, uh, we knew PJ Fleck, you know, had something like that in and went undefeated at Western Michigan in his final year there. But I don't know. People just kind of overlook Minnesota football, you know, and they've been kind of shockingly good, understandably playing in the Big Ten West. But um, I want to be a little better against Wisconsin, just one and three against the Badgers, almost two and two lost in overtime last year, uh, final game of the season. But you know, PJ Fleck kind of, they brought him in to, to kind of win that game. You know, that's, that's a big rivalry game between those two schools and uh, looking to be a little bit better than that. Obviously very disappointing last year uh, season as I, I mean, everyone was making the jokes after the Michigan game. I mean, the guy, you know, he was, he was thrilled about the block punt, you know, his team got Molly whopped out there and he's in the press conference. Like, Hey, thought the block punt was pretty good, but that's kind of just who PJ Fleck is. So I'll give him that, you know, it, I, I, I'm not sure how authentic he is, but at least he's, he's been that way his entire career. Yeah. I, all jokes aside, I think PJ Fleck, you know, he's, (laughs) he famously read his team. Everybody poops last year at the toddler (laughs) book because well, they certainly pooped. Well, they pooped, especially against Michigan, but I, I like what this team has offensively, not crazy about the, well, what they lose, you know, you, you lose Rashad Bateman, who potentially it's not crazy. It's not that hot of a take 
to say that there's a chance he could be the best wide receiver to come out of the NFL draft this year. I mean, I know Jamar Chase was pretty high. Svante Smith was drafted pretty high. Jalen Waddle was drafted pretty high, but Rashad Bateman's a ball player and he's got the talent. No question. Yeah. And he's, he's in a good situation now, but yeah, I like, I, you know, this, they're, they're one of those teams uh, and we'll talk about Penn state here soon. We're like, I feel like they're them and Penn state, Minnesota and Penn state were two teams where if you're asking me were struggles last year because COVID year, or was it because they were just bad? I lean more towards COVID year for both of those teams, COVID year and bad luck. Now they got destroyed by Michigan. There's, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Minnesota or Michigan getting the little Brown jug was the highlight of last season. The only highlight of last season, but you know, this team again, lost two overtime games. You win that overtime game at Maryland last year. Uh, You win the overtime game at Wisconsin last year. All of a sudden you're looking at, you know, this was a five and two football team and yeah, you, you had some rough, you had some rough patches there, but five and two coming off a year where you, you lost a lot from the year before from a team that, you know, very nearly won the big 10 West. I, I think the case can be made that that's a little more um, last year was a little more of a blip on the radar than it was a step back as a program. So I like what they've done. I think when you look at, uh, I mean, Muhammad Ibrahim, Ibrahim's a beast. They have a yes. great offensive line. I think their offensive line was probably a top two, three, probably somewhere in that top four in terms of position units in the Big Ten. So, again, we talk about how Big Ten, like Big Ten West style of football, you want to maul on the ground. You want to be able to run the football. Between their offensive line and, and Ibrahim, and Tanner Morgan's a pretty damn good quarterback still, despite – you know, losing, um, you know, you, they lost Tyler Johnson to the draft last year. They lose Rashad Bateman this year. Chris Altman Bell is a pretty good player. But other than that, you're bringing in some new pieces there. But Tanner Morgan's still a pretty good player, and I like what they have offensively. So I can I see a scenario where they're able to bounce back from that and, and kind of turn the page there. Let's go through some offensive numbers from last year. They were 71st in scoring. Uh, 27.3 points per game. That was good for six in the Big Ten. Uh, rushing, they were fourth in the Big Ten, 42nd nationally. Eighth in the Big Ten passing-wise, 92nd nationally. So they're looking for a jump there. But total offense, fifth in the Big Ten, 69th overall. That's not that's not terrible. But Yeah, well, it's a little concerning. So last year... I understand it was a COVID year, but the big question mark going into last year is, you know, you had Mike Yurkic uh, leave for Penn State. He was the offensive coordinator in the 11 and two year. And you hmm. bring in Mike uh, Sanford Jr. And we, we were wondering, we, we know that, you know, he, he was a little bit, you know, kind of more on the conservative side of things, maybe not as creative as Yurkic. Um and I think that showed a lot last year in the way they used Rashad Bateman. Ibrahim uh, had a phenomenal year. Dude was an absolute stud. They played only seven games. He rushed for 1,076 yards and 15 touchdowns in seven games. Ibrahim was an absolute stud. Tanner Morgan obviously regressed a little bit, under 60% completion, uh, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Not the guy 
that we saw the year prior. So that is, that is my concern because Sanford is back as the offensive coordinator again this year. And I don't know if they can rekindle that offensive magic that they had with your as the offensive coordinator. That's, that's the one thing that concerns me. I love the pieces. It's going to be the offensive scheme and the play calling. I think that's going to make the difference for Minnesota here this year. Uh, another correction, not to be Mr. Know-it-all. Uh, are we confusing Mike Yerkich with Kirk Chiroka? Is that how you pronounce it? I think we're confusing the two there. He was oh. Minnesota's offensive coordinator from 2017 to 2019. Yerkich is the offensive coordinator at Penn State now. Um, yes. Oh, Chiroka, my didn't. Yeah. Uh, he left he was for at, Penn State, though, right? What's that? Did he leave? He left for Penn State, right? He left for Penn Mike? State, was fired after a year, and is gotcha. now an okay. offensive analyst at West Virginia. So it's all gotcha. good. Uh, the point the point stands. Um, you know, when you have a Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, that makes a lot of things easier for everyone else. Those are two NFL guys. One of them uh, is a first-round pick. The other guy, I think, was underdrafted, to be frank with you. So someone from that group is going to have to stand up. I mean, they, they like this Daniel Jackson kid. Uh, he was – a top recruit for them out of the 2020 class. Um, you know, that's, that's someone who needs to step in and, and, you know, we know that Chris Altman Bell is a good player, but is he, he's not Rashad Bateman. He's not Tyler Johnson. They right. need someone like Jackson or Dylan Wright or someone somewhere to step into that kind of pass catching role or else all of a sudden you're looking pretty one dimensional. I mean, if you can stack the box, stack the box and, and stop Muhammad Ibrahim, um, which I don't, again, I think their offensive line is pretty good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And that's going to open things. If they're able to do that successfully, that's going to open things up for them to um, to maybe do that. I think, and this is where we transition here, I think where this this program might have some issues is on the defensive side of the ball. Not crazy about what they have there. I, I do love that they went and got Niles Pinkley, though. Clemson transfer a D tackle. I think, you know, having a, a guy up front that has an experience for playing for a very, you know, winning football team, obviously played a, played a lot of games and a lot of snaps over at Clemson. So I think that is, that is going to be helpful, especially in the locker room and, and maybe teaching some of these guys on the defensive side of the football, how to play winning defense. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can bring in guys and that's where the transfer portal, I mean, these guys can come in as plug and play guys and be, Mm-hmm. Culture change is kind of the buzzword this time of year. We're coming off Big Ten media days. They're going to be doing more press conferences. Everyone's going to be talking about how they had the best offseason of their lives. Everyone's in the best shape. Everyone had the best install. You know how that goes. Um, so that, that will help them for sure. Uh, stats from last year, 70th in scoring defense, 102nd in rush defense. That's where they really – I mean, that's where Michigan just had their their way with them up front last year. Um Pass defense is pretty good. 36 in the country, six in the Big Ten. You sent a guy, a former Wolverine, Benjamin St. Benjamin St. Juiced. Yep. Send that guy to the NFL. Third round pick? Yeah, third round pick. Uh Coney Durr is still there, a pretty good player. I think he was all he was either like third team or honorable mention in the Big Ten last year. So that's that's a guy you can kind of count on the on the back end. But um, you know, 72nd in total defense in the Big Ten that's not really going to cut it. So, I mean, some of the efficiency stuff wasn't terrible. Uh, they were 32nd in efficiency on, on the defensive side of the ball, but um, yeah, this team is going I, there's, to, there's a lot of pieces this yeah. year, you know, that there really is. They, 
if the offense can find some of that, if Sanford, you know, can do something with these offensive pieces, this is going to be, this is going to be a team that I think surprises people. I think you said it best, maybe in the last episode, uh, you said you felt Minnesota was a little too low and that's exactly how I feel. I feel like this team is being very underrated right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess this is where we, uh, we'll, we'll just get right into the kind of the schedule stuff. What do you have? Yeah. I know you were going by FanDuel. I've been going by uh, CBS. Sports I got seven at seven. Yeah. CBS sports has them at seven as well. So we're on the same page there. I don't know how I feel about that number yet. So let's go through the schedule here. So you're going to open up the season September 2nd. That's a Thursday at home against Ohio state. I a very, is- a very inexperienced uh, Iowa state team. Mind yep. you. Yeah. Uh, you start. Start that game. You get Miami of Ohio at home. That should be a win at Colorado. We'll see what happens there with that. Bowling Green at home. You go to Purdue. You get Nebraska and Maryland at home. You go to Northwestern, Illinois at home, at Iowa, at Indiana, and you end the year at home against Wisconsin. I like this schedule. Incredibly favorable schedule considering, I mean – Maybe we'll get into Indiana. That I think that'll actually be a really good game. But you get Maryland as, as one of the crossovers. You, you kind of get screwed with Ohio State. But again, where do you play Ohio State? At home Thursday to kick off the season. If you're going to play Ohio State, that's best case scenario for this Minnesota team. Oh, Thursday night, first game of the season. That is when you want to play. I wish Michigan could play. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I don't... You know, screw traditions, man. Like let's let's play. Especially in- when you're returning as much as Minnesota is. Yeah. Um, don't I was gonna say this before we recorded, but I saved it for the show. Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten, and they're probably gonna go to the college football playoff again. But don't be surprised if like don't be surprised if Minnesota wins that game and then Ohio State's Ohio State runs the could table. be very Virginia Tech-esque. Yes. Um, I'm not calling that a win, but that's a very I'm going to have my eyes on that one because I think it's oh, probably going to be a lot closer than a lot of people are going to initially think. I oh, think yeah. that line is going to be big in favor of Ohio State when it opens. Yeah. And I'm going to take a good hard look at the, at the points with Minnesota, I think. Yeah, so I'm trying to find seven wins here because um, that's what well, over Miami, under. Bowling Green, Purdue, Nebraska for me, probably Maryland for sure, Illinois, and then – You've got us. You've got to win one more against Northwestern, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, to or Colorado, to um to get that seventh win and another one. I'm actually I like the over with this Minnesota team. I'm going to take the over here because I think you're going to get at least six to get a push. You have to win one of those games. I think they can beat Northwestern this year. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I actually like Minnesota over Northwestern as a football team. So, and we'll talk about Northwestern a little bit further down the line. I think they're being a little overinflated, being the Big Ten West champs in a COVID year last year. I, I do like that Minnesota team beating them uh, seven wins. And then you got to find one more, maybe, you know, at maybe at Iowa, home to Wisconsin. You know, PJ Fleck looking to get the rivalry victory there. I know Wisconsin's going to be very, very good. Odds on favorite at deservedly to, to win the Big Ten West, but at home, We've seen it done before with, with, with Minnesota and PJ Fleck. I, I I like the over. I think this team's being very underrated and very undervalued. Oh man, I wish we had a. Uh, I really wish we had a point five either way. I'm mm-hmm. struggling with this one right now. Um, I see seven and five, 
but I we can't push here. That's boring. That's not good for content. I mean, I suppose I could because it would be different from what you did, but I'm going to go with the over two. I have a feeling that, and this might just be, be because I sat, you know, at a table 15 feet from PJ Fleck at the podium like six days ago or whatever it was, but I I'm buying, I'm buying what he's selling. I'm buying the positive, the positivity that's coming out of that program. I'm going to go over and and I'll tell you what, you know, it's hard to call anyone a dark horse in the big 10 West because anyone can win it at any given time. Mm -hmm. But I like this team more than I like Northwestern. I I'm, I'm sketchy about if I like them more than Iowa, but I'm kind of maybe leaning that direction. Um, I will not be surprised if this team wins the West. So, no, honestly, that very, I wonder what kind speaking of gambling and what kind of, I wonder what kind of odds we could get on Minnesota winning the West. Cause I would certainly consider it if it's the right number. Yeah. I he's PJ flex. Pretty, I mean, he's always a pretty boisterous optimistic guy, but they, uh, are they, are they like 15 to one, 20 to one to win the West? I'd love to see it. I don't have the odds here now, but um, given that we didn't prepare that beforehand, I'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Off this this was a live, just a live conscious sort of train of thought just now. I'll be quite yeah. honest with you. Yeah. It's if this is a team that's going to be, because I'm not so sure that like, I'm really not, now, a lot of people have been treating PJ Fleck like this is a stepping stone job for him. But when you look at they no, have Minnesota's, really nice... Minnesota's 10 to one on FanDuel right now, which isn't bad. Wisconsin's minus 125, Iowa plus 175. And then it jumps huge to, to Minnesota plus a thousand. I mean, value wise, I'd, I'd hop on that. Value wise, that's really not that bad. Yeah, I, I like. I like their, it seems like their facilities have taken a step forward. I like that the fact, you know, Minneapolis is, is a good area. I think that he's recruited well to that school. I'm not yeah. going to say it's a destination job, but I think that there's still some juice to be squeezed out of this here. I think that, again, I'm not, I don't know if I can say with confidence I'm picking them to win the West, but I might pick them to be second place in the West question mark i, I like I this team. i, I think, think they're, they're at least severely undervalued i think the the betting market has them as severe like not in the same class in wisconsin as iowa and i just I, I, they're returning a ton and pj fleck is is kind of a proven winner you know at the end of the day so i think they're being undervalued yeah i mean this is where this is the first time because we're still in the bottom half well, this is the last episode in the bottom half of what the fans ranked. The fans ranked Minnesota as the number eight team in the Big Ten. This is the first episode we've done so far where I think that this team has a chance to potentially crack that top four, top five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the two teams that follow, spoiler alert, the fans voted Northwestern at number seven, Iowa at number six. I could see Minnesota being up there. Um are they better? Can I say with confidence that Michigan's better than them? I don't know yet. I think that Indiana, I think I, that the, I don't know. They might be better than Penn state. Who knows? I mean, I could see there's so much fluidity now. Once we get, you know, Ohio state, they're pretty much locked in at number one, but once you get past this, these cluster of shows we did prior to this one, I could see anyone finishing in any type of configuration. Um, you know what I think might... is going to help Minnesota too is the lack 
of hype and expectations that they had yeah. last year. I, you know, I think they fed into that themselves a little bit, but they have a returning experienced quarterback that has done a lot. They have a stud running back and they have maybe the best offensive line in the conference. Yep. That's, I mean, that's a good start if you're building a football team for me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing. Cause the narrative with, we know we did Michigan state, we did Maryland Rutgers, like the, the narrative with those teams is like, Oh, we think that these teams have a chance to take a leap this year. And there's like, it's relative. It's a sliding scale because those programs are lower tier in terms of the big 10 pecking order. But when we talk about teams like Penn state teams, like Michigan teams, like Minnesota, who had shitty years, they'll, they'll tell you that yeah. they'll, they'll be the first to tell you that. And I think the changes that all of those programs made are telling of where they feel like they're at. Like, I think the lack of hype for all three of those programs and the changes they've made and, you know, the confidence in the building, the internal pressure that everyone's kind of putting on themselves. I think that those teams, I mean, they're, they're in the top half of the big 10 pecking order, but I think those are teams that are, I won't say pretty good bets, but I think you can safely say they won't, all three of them will be much better than they were last year. And it wouldn't be surprised me if at least one of them, probably Minnesota because they're in the West is makes a serious push for a conference title. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the, the more I think about it, I, I, I really haven't dove into Colorado and I know it's at Colorado, but just no one kind of what the program's been since maybe like 2016 hasn't mm. really been, you know, quite there. I, I think that right. there's a good chance for them to win that game. And, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of like this team to be quite honest with you. I'm, I will say I'm glad Michigan's not playing them this year. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. You know, I would totally agree with that. So I love God. it. So that's our, that's our Minnesota, Minnesota. Then we got any, that's Minnesota. cool. No, nope. uh, just continue to roll the boat over there. PJ Fleck and company. <laughs> so, uh, th- this has been our seventh show. We've taken a look at seven big 10 teams individually, you can check out the other six shows if you're listening right now, uh, all where we can get our podcast. Where, Anthony? Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get and consume your audio content, we are there. So find us, follow us, uh, leave a positive review, like, send likes, send review, you know, whatever, whatever the outlet says you can do for us. Please, the good feedback helps. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. All of the social information for Maze and Brew, we're on all the social networks. All of those links will be in the description below. So, yeah, seven of these. We're halfway through. I think we we said in one of the previous episodes, we will be doing um, – we'll reveal where Michigan's at in the order, yes. right in the episode before we were scheduled to get to them, and we'll do Michigan last. But Michigan's not the team that we're projecting or that people voted to win the Big Ten title. But – Michigan is deserving of much more than 25 minutes and there's a lot to break down there. And by the time we get to that show, we'll be at the tail end or or right in the thick of fall camp. So maybe the hype train will continue to move along and we'll talk ourselves into Michigan going to Indy this year. Who knows? But yeah, that's the plan for these moving forward. So you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Check out all of our other uh, big 10 preview and projection shows. We love doing them. Hope you love them as well. You can send any feedback our way, rate, leave a review, do it all. You know, the drill for Anthony broom. I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next episode. When we take a look at Northwestern.